What is good, y'all? It is your boy, Jonathan Dumas, and this is Highly Visible and a Little Misunderstood. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back. We are continuing our series, Entrepreneuring While BIPOC. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Crystal Pope. She is dope. Didn't mean to rhyme, but did it anyway. Yeah, she be fashioning people in the wellness industry. She is making people love and care for themselves um, because they give back to so many others. And I just love her mission, her vision, and everything that she's doing. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and check that out. Episode 80, and I don't know what number episode in this theme that we're covering. But this week, I am going to be chatting with my friend, Jerry Fu, who is also a career coach for Asian men and leaders. Cannot wait for you to dive into that conversation. But before we do, just want to go over the podcast logistics again. As always, there are three ways to support the show. The first one is financially, which is through our Patreon page or our coffee page. The Patreon page is a monthly support um, that you can do. That's $3, $5, $10. That link is in the bio. And then there's a coffee page where it's a single um, solo dono um, to support your boy because this thing ain't free. Shout out to all of our supporters and folks who are supporting us monthly, one time. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you. Second piece is we have an email list. The first 100 people who sign up for that email list get a sticker, um, and I'm going to be sending those out, not just a single sticker. You get multiple stickers. So make sure you go to our show description, click on join the email list. You sign up there. I'll go ahead and get you a sticker. And if you have any questions, hit your boy up, Highly Visible podcast at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you if you need any help. Third thing is, is subscribe to the show, share the show, rate the show, all of the things. We really appreciate that support, and it really does help folks discover the show. And like I say every week, we actually read the reviews, and we love hearing from y'all. So go ahead and do those. I appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. All right, so I know I said I was going to put together a highly visible story of the week this week, and there are so many things going on, um, and I couldn't narrow it down. Plus, I had a fuller week than I thought I was going to have, so I opted not to do a highly visible story of this week just to save myself some time, energy, space. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jerry. Jerry, thank you so much for coming through on the pod. I'm really excited to have you have this conversation. How are you doing today? Man, it's 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 always feels good when you're at the end of a Monday, I think. It's just like, oh, like it just there's just something satisfying about finishing a Monday. You're like, oh, okay, good. I can kind of unwind for a little bit. So, yeah. No, that's so that's so true. I'm um I can't remember exactly how many calls I had. I was actually supposed to have mm-hmm. more, but they I moved one and then one canceled, but like I've been on um, looking at a camera screen for a lot of today. So I feel that um, around like just so many, <laughs> just the end of a Monday. So I'm, I'm really excited. I usually don't have this going on, but I'm really excited. And then I get to do, I'm going to a live podcast party, not, not this, not my own, but somebody else's of just a bunch of nerds talking about nerd stuff. So I'm really excited. Shout out Ringerverse oh, fam. Yeah. So I'm really Those excited to go out there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jerry, um, this is obviously the entrepreneuring while BIPOC like theme series. And so we met, um, through Chris, Carissa Begonia's, um, cohort, um, now called ready to leap to liberation. Um, but we're entrepreneurs. We've already been, you know, entrepreneuring, uh, for a little bit. So, uh, tell the good people, um, the highly visible fam, like, you know, what, uh, what it is that you, you, you do, I would love for them to know, um, yeah. All the wonderful things you're sharing yeah. with the world. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, uh, part of that is uh, practicing, having practiced as a pharmacist for over 18 years now. Mm. And about uh, 11 years ago, started to take a different journey uh, with with my career path because I was I had some hit some really rough patches getting fired from the job I moved to Houston for and then dealing with lost paychecks with a crooked boss and then mm. another company that was supportive of me but couldn't afford to pay me more than eight hours a week and so Mm. in the middle of all this um you know got to facilitate some leadership seminars and then when i got the confidence to take on more leadership positions as a result of having taught that uh i realized that that's what's ultimately saved my career because more doors started to open um for me now that i had leadership experience on my resume and then at the same time after enough business models failed uh, I said, you know, I, I think I want to focus on people development. And mm. so in 2017, had the idea to 
become a coach. Had no idea how to start a business. And so I said, well, uh, what do I do? Right. And I got some legitimate coach training right around the time of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. And so I, I so, so the long answer to your question is yes. Uh, I am still practicing as a pharmacist, but uh, the, the, the side hustle that is the plane that's ultimately trying to take off is this leadership coaching business that was started uh, a little over three years ago. Actually, I celebrated my company's three year anniversary uh, about a week ago or so. And, hey, uh, congratulations. Excited to, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. gotta take time to eat that cake, right? Yeah. I finally can afford some. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, the catch phrase that came out of Carissa's cohort with your help and some other people's help actually was that uh, I am excited to help Asian leaders become more visible and vocal and valuable and take them from self-doubt to self-assurance mm. uh, through coaching and facilitation and keynote presentations. Mm, mm, I love that. And also, again, congratulations on reaching that three years. And what's interesting about this series, is I think Everybody, at least that I've interviewed so far or who's going to be on, mm-hmm. um, I think a majority of them are doing the full-time thing of like entrepreneuring. And mm-hmm. I think oftentimes, obviously the dream is to like do this full-time or maybe it's not, I don't know. But like we get caught up in the idea that it needs to be, it has to be full-time immediately. Um, and that's just not everybody's path. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually really thankful. I didn't even think about this till just now that I'm talking to you of somebody who's balancing both, right? Um, and we'll talk about that later because I'm really curious of like how is it going for you. Well, let's talk about it right now. Really curious of how that's going for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> of balancing, uh, of balancing both like full time role as a pharmacist, a pharmacist like a relatively demanding job, and then um, yeah. having your own your own um, business going that is starting to pick up actually yeah. <laughs> from last time we talked. Yeah. No. I'm- <laughs> Yeah, no, happy to tell people it is not easy. Mm. Uh, part of the reason I even have a shot at doing this well is that my boss is very generous where um, I they let me have a day off during the week. And so instead of using that day to rest and recover and be lazy, I said, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to work <laughs> on my business. Um, and yeah, the plate is very full, guys. I, you know, I tell people all the time between my chronic insomnia and other things like that, right? I only have time and energy for two big things. And those are day job and side job. And mm. I actually uh, ended a very serious relationship last summer because mm. I just didn't have the energy to engage. And I just wasn't being honest with myself or her because it was like my first real relationship. And, you know, mm. I, just, I want, I, you know, there's so much things about her that made sense on paper. And yet something was not adding up. And mm. it was like, why am I? having to kind of trudge my way forward in this when this is someone ideally that I would be excited to share a life with. And you know, again, uh, push comes to shove and it's like, well, something's going to have to drop and it had to be the relationship. Hmm. Um, and so believe me, guys, there's plenty of days where I, you're just like, Oh, like how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, I want a part of my life to share it with somebody. And at the same time, um, circumstances dictate otherwise. And so yeah. you know, ideally the, the side business would take off quickly enough in order to start to be able to cut back on my day job. Um, much like you said, to touch on that, right? My risk aversion for better or worse is kind of moving things along more slowly than I would like. And Carissa mm-hmm. has challenged me on that to say, hey, until you start selling your own products at your own prices, you are going to be subject to someone else's timetable and, and paycheck. Mm-hmm. Because, and that is an old habit, right? Like my parents were always about that. They're like, no, work for the company that gives you stability. The company's a source of stability instead of I create my own stability, right? Or stability is a mindset and not a set of circumstances. Uh, because we've already seen this pandemic has shown you that you can't rely on the companies that you thought you could rely on. Right? Yep. Uh, and that is a whole nother um, rabbit hole to, uh, or another conversation to unpack in, in more detail. But yeah, I mean, I'll tell people some days it's really good. Like this fall, thankfully, I've gotten a lot of referrals. I'm managing about 15 clients right now in, you know, triple digit hourly rates. And that is, you know, better than the two digit hourly rates yes. that some of these platforms pay. <laughs> yep. Um, and you're like, what is my time worth? And what is the difference between a $60 coaching session and a $190 coaching yeah. session? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Yep. I don't understand. Um, but yeah, so yeah, some days are great. Some days are gotta eat more how much what well, i have to eat what you know yeah thing so yeah and the pendulum swings both ways and you're just 
uh, praying that you can either, you know, find cheap help or teammates that you can uh, help, uh, you know, team up with and ally with. Uh, it's like yourself, right? Yeah. To, to encourage each other and lift, be the tide that lifts all ships kind of thing. But let's yeah. lift each other up. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And that's so true. I mean, I think even being a full-time like the sacrifice that I make even being like a full-time business owner, but I also am juggling multiple things. Lord have mercy with like the podcast, uh, common culture, which is the other business that I'm a part of. And then my own private coaching practice. Like there is like, there is a demand on my time and my just everything like me, um, that like you just get split in so many different ways. Um, but like, there's a difference between like me being able to dictate that time and, like somebody else dictating that time. And I think sometimes folks, I don't, I don't know. It, it's like entrepreneurial life is like so glamour. I always talk about this. I feel like I say this every single episode of this theme. It's like so entrepreneurial life is like so fantasized and like seen through these rose colored glasses. And it is not like, there's a lot of hard days. There's like a lot of good days, but there's some really hard days. And I mean, you just said like you had to make a hard decision about a relationship that you really wanted, but when it came down to it, it's like something's not adding up. Right. Um, and then even like the sacrifices of time when it comes to all those different things, um, now between day job and, and this thing, that's really, really starting to pick up, which I'm so happy for you, uh, Jerry, because I remember before we were talking earlier or a few months ago, you were like, man, I don't know what's going on with these referrals. And now like you have, it sounds like you have too many, <laughs> it sounds like you have too many now. So, um, but it's, it's a lot. It really, really is a lot. And it, it really comes down to like, you know, how, well, here's the question. Like, how are you managing your time? How are you like making time for yourself? What are the things that give you, what are the things that are giving you life in this, in this busy season now that you're, you know, mm, managing yeah, two full yeah. things? Yeah. You, uh, you learn quickly that, uh, if you, it's, it's the classic, if you don't, uh, do your schedule by design, you will do your schedule by default. Right? Mm. And that's uh, whether it's life design relationships. And if, you, if you're not acting uh, with intentionality with these things, then you're just going to settle for what the world is going to give you. And sometimes, you know, it's not kind. Um, so, I mean, I, I had a funny moment when I didn't block off my scheduler for one of the platforms and I thought I was going to have a free afternoon. And then a coaching, like <laughs> a coaching session come, shows up and you're like, Son of a gun, the one time like, I thought I was going to have a free day. And then it's yep. like, no, I should have made that happen. Yep. Um, yeah, you have to basically, all that to say, you have to block off time. Like mm. uh, Saturday mornings, I've, I've started to become very sacred for me, mm. where I just said, you know, I used to have a scheduling window from like 9 to 12 to take coaching sessions because I was just desperate for the money. And then yep. now I'm just like, okay, nothing before 10 o'clock. Or even then, I'm just only going to have one slot open on Saturdays. Here's what I like to do, Jonathan, just to really get some sensory things in here. Mm. I, you know, I, I, I resist... I'll move my phone upstairs so I don't touch it uh, or, you know, keep my computer out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm. I cook uh, a tomato and spinach egg scramble mm. um, with, like, onion powder and Himalayan salt. And I cook, I brew, like, a cup of um, cinnamon hazelnut coffee, and I just savor those things. Mm. Just unplug, enjoy this. Uh, I love reading books as well. Uh, I'll just read like B Michael Bungie Stanier or I'll read, you know, something non-coaching -re related to like some good fiction or something like that just to teleport yourself away into a, a you know, crazy story. Mm. Uh, and then like afternoon naps. Oh, delicious. oh my gosh. And then <laughs> I love on weekends, yeah. And then uh, salsa dancing pretty much every week. So yes. yeah, those are the things that I'm just like, oh, keep me going. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I think that even just like painting that picture of a Saturday morning, right? Of just like removing the phone, removing your laptop and like just being with you, make your food and everything like that. Oh my gosh, I was like transported there. And it reminds me of something that I heard um, on a panel I was on, I think like two or three years ago, but this person like inspired me. We're just, um, I don't remember what the panel was on. I don't remember what it was, but like, I think it was talking about like work-life harmony or balance or something like that. But she was saying like, um, she was saying like, yeah, I work, but I don't, I don't do anything. Like, I don't even look at my computer before like nine because like that is my time. Like that hour is my time. And she does that Monday through Friday. And like, I've just, I thought that was so, that was so impactful for me. I've started to 
tried to do that. <laughs> um, and so I, I legitimately, if I touch my phone, the only thing I'm doing is like putting music on and I just have like nice lo-fi jazz music on. I put it on top of my refrigerator because uh, it like bounces the, the, the sound around in the kitchen. I'll like start making my coffee and I'm a little coffee snob. I got my like AeroPress to start my kettle yes. and all that stuff. So I'll, um, I'll like pour it in there and like let the, the coffee, like aroma come in there. And I might do a little dishes while I'm waiting for that or something along those lines, just like start putting dishes away, something to like start my day where it's like, I'm fully in control. Like everything's slow and really intentional and separate from the world. I, I just, I, I love that. And I think that there is something uh, meaningful behind like having those, your me time, like separate from the world and like blocking it off and being intentional about it. And that, that thing you said around, um, correct me, correct me if I, I misquote you on this, because it's like defining your calendar or your calendar will default or like, what, what was that? Can you say it one more time? Cause that was, that was really good. If, like, yeah. If you, if you don't, if, yeah, basically it's like, if you don't, if you don't block off time by design, you'll settle for what's, you know, by default. Right? Mm. And it's like, whether it's a lifestyle design or relationships, right. It's like, if you don't intentionally go after or make space and time and effort for what's important to you, like the world doesn't owe you anything. Right. Like alchemist is a great story to say, Oh, put something into the world. And then, you know, figure out who's willing to support it. That's, that's absolutely true. And at the same time, if you decide to compromise your hard edges on your boundaries, the world's like, oh, well, you know, too bad that you lack discipline today, right? Yep. Like the world doesn't care, right? Yep. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of funny because I remember my parents used to wonder and worry if I was like, you know, addicted to video games and stuff like that. And now I'm just like, no, like, yeah. you know, we're like, no LinkedIn before nine o'clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> Self-imposed boundaries. Yeah. Like, no, I refuse to let these distractions get the best of me. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny because like now I have to like put boundaries around like, there's sometimes, well, it actually happened recently, like very recently where I just didn't realize that I worked three or four weeks straight, like every single day for three or four weeks straight. And I was like, why am I so tired? Like, why am I so exhausted? Why am I not thinking any creatively anymore? Why am I not like, why are these, these, these ideas or anything flowing? It's because like, I'm tired. Like I'm really burnt out. Like, and that's that part, like I'm starting to default of, on my calendar. I was letting like every, all of the demands around the work and the things that I'm doing, like dictate um, my time. Um, and again, if it's going to be like that same afternoon you, you thought you had blocked off, uh, Jerry. <laughs> it's just like stuff pops up. You have to, yeah. that is the biggest thing for me is like, if I want an afternoon, I got to block it off. Like I have to block it off because something will fill it. Um, something will fill it. I'll get tempted to fill it with something else or something else will take that, take it from me. Um, and then, and it's so funny. We're talking about the thing that we love. Like we, I feel like entrepreneuring or being a business owner is a labor of love because it's like, you're working so daggone hard. Um, so many things. And then like, um, yeah, it, you gotta, you all, then you gotta turn around and be like, all right, I need to like <laughs> create this boundary off of this thing. So no, I, I, I really, really do love that. Um, Jerry, you had mentioned something earlier and I want to come back to it. Um, your three V's. Can you say those one more time? What are the, what are the three V's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, helping agent leaders become more visible, right? Mm -hmm. So we want them to be able to take away from this invisible model minority thing, right? And at the same time, get over this fear that they speak up, they're going to get scrutinized because they they have this conflict between, well, I don't want to keep getting passed over for promotions, but I don't want to go against my culture values of showing off and not being modest, right? Mm. And so there's a lot of conflict to sort out there. It's like, well, how do I draw the right kind of attention to myself where people know who I am and they're excited to trust me and you know give me heavier lifting through this promotion? Uh, the second is to be more vocal, right? How do you speak up so that when you have, you're going to have, uh, when you are, you know, when everyone knows who you are, you can expect, you know, a, a more of a microscope on you or a bullseye on you, then that's, and that's, you know, that's not a bad thing so long as you're prepared for it. So 
you know, do you have the mindset that, yes, I'm allowed to stand up for myself and I can push back. And if I have a strong case, I don't have to defer to the person who has a, a you know, fancier title than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, am I able to say no when my scheduler wants me to work an extra shift on my day off when everything in me says I don't want to do this? And then uh, to be more valuable, to say, yes, I matter. And, you know, I'm not going to use that as a sense of entitlement, right? And just like, I matter and therefore I deserve this. It's like, no, it's like, I matter because I know my strengths and my weaknesses and I know what I, therefore I can say yes or no to in order to make sure that I, I, I protect that value uh, that from how I be myself and what I bring to whatever organization that I contribute to. Mm. And I love those one because of the alliteration, but because like there is a deep like sense of like connective tissue to like the meaning behind what, what each of those means, like being visible, right. Um, uh, the vocal, the valuable piece. And I, I really do, yeah, I've always loved that. I'm like, oh, what kind of alliteration could I <laughs> bring to my yeah. own coaching? <laughs> uh, but uh, so in terms of your practice, you like you broke down each one of those and what that means um, for that. But what have you seen for the folks, your clients that you're working with? Like, how does this show up, show up for them? And how do you kind of like help them make that switch um, yeah. in their own work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great thing to elaborate on so some early examples uh, with my clients number one uh was a, a guy from from china who struggled to uh with fear of his job security mm. uh, he was said uh, you know mckinsey comes in and it's kind of funny john oliver actually talked about this mckinsey just comes in and like the money <laughs> that the companies spend on mckinsey means they have to lay off people like basically mckinsey's like you want to up your executive salary then you know pay more pay more of yourself and then cut people out because you can't afford them after you pay our you know our honorarium right and so yep. you know my friend was like hey or my cl- my client was like hey how do i how do i you know make sure i don't get uh swept away in the next round of cuts and so he we you know we talked about well how do you become more visible how do you become more vocal and valuable in this situation right mm-hmm. and so he says okay uh, let's have a conversation with your boss right this is not an idea that i, I suggested to him you, you know this is the coaching right he had the solution in front of him it's just a matter of discovery and he's like, okay, let me talk to my boss about what the company needs in order to make sure that I acquire uh, or develop the necessary job skills for the current needs of the company, right? Mm-hmm. So that took him being more visible. He had to get a seat in front of his boss. Number two, he had to speak up and, and, and state his needs and his intentions uh, in a way that showed that it wasn't just for his own survival, but for the benefit of the company. And that's where the valuable piece comes in. So that's that that was really neat to see. Uh, yeah. You know, he had the he could you know find it strategize and get confidence. Whether you draw confidence from strategy or strategy, you know the cart before the horse or a chicken yep. and egg thing. Yeah. Uh, you know he, he survived that yep. round of cuts, right? Um, another fun example is uh, of a client who uh, she had a very passive aggressive boss. You know they like to play around the game because that allows them to get mad at you whenever they want to get mad at you, mm-hmm. right? And so. At uh, one point, he calls her after hours, uh, and she's at dinner with friends, so she ignores his call. And the next day, he just blows up at her. He's just like, you know, how dare you? Like, I, if I need you, I need you. It doesn't matter what, how urgent the situation is. If I need you, like, that's just disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how do I, you know, deal with this frustration? Because I, I need a couple more months of money and um, income before I can quietly, you know, um, you know, walk away from this job. How do I make sure that I say a conversation that I need to have, and there, there maybe even possibly get an apology, but I don't want to antagonize this guy and take him off to the point where he might just arbitrarily fire me. So, you know, we talk about okay, what's the strategy here? It's like okay, are you looking for an apology? Are you looking for clear expectations? Like, what would help you uh, keep you from getting in a situation like this again? And so we talk about trying to make sure we said the said you know appropriate things where you don't have to take responsibility for his stuff you definitely don't want to blame him and so you say things like hey i'm sorry things aren't better these days right Mm -hmm. i'm sorry for what happened yesterday without admitting fault to something that you you don't want to think he was right about whatever right Mm -hmm. but at the same time you say okay so clearly something is broken okay how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again right and you can say hey when you call right what if I am in a family emergency and I'm not able to pick up? Is that still, is that, is that, are, are you still going to be upset if I don't pick up? Right. And he's like, okay, well maybe not. And it's like, okay, hey, look, uh, is it okay that if you call me, that if I don't call you back, that I just text you and that, you know, when I'm able to talk, I can, or if we just need to deal with it in the morning. Like, and so for her to navigate that in a way that showed, Hey boss, I'm just trying to take care of you. 
right? We're mm. selling the benefit to the boss first and foremost, right? And that's part of it is just saying, hey, like think win-win, right? Like Stephen Covey talked about all the time. Hey, like I, like I, I there is a benefit for me. I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna lie about that. And at the same time, this isn't um, simply just because I want you to give me something because I want it. You're gonna throw it and leave if you don't give it to me. It's like, yep. hey, there's a benefit for you um, if you if we're willing to work together. Uh, and so, yeah, she emailed me later, you know, on a, on a Saturday morning. I don't know how I would have gotten through that conversation without your help. I mean, mm. those are the moments you just say, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so things like this, right? We want to help people. Uh, I'll give one more example just to really give, you know, concrete things to chew on. Yeah. Uh, you know, another guy I know from China, software engineer, you know, and he's like, how do I get people to take me seriously, right? Mm. You know, I'm new to the company. I, I come from a command and control, you know, culture where like we work hard and we're proud of what we do. And I, you know, we do what my boss says and we take care of a boss, but then here people are like lollygagging. And, you know, every time I try to, you know, crack the whip or something like that, like I'm not getting the response that I would think. And like, what do I do during meetings? Because I'm trying to speak up and people just like roll their eyes and it's like, okay, well, you know, how are you building relationships? Right? Mm. Um, and are you doing it in such a way that you show that you care about their success as much as your own? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a good question yeah right yeah. yep oh god no. so yeah it's fine that you have lead by example sure and if no one's following it that is your opportunity right mm -hmm. so how do we how do we get people to notice this thing and so yeah a lot of fun conversations came out of that no oh, that's <laughs> that's so fun and I, I, one of the things i always appreciate you uh jerry is like the perspective taking that you do and like even just like because you read so much you always have like a good like one that fits right like the filing cabinet of like quotes you got just like land home um but one of the things that that's like just a prime example of that of something that i appreciate of like you know somebody's not if somebody's not following your example like come on pay attention to, to pay attention to that right like there's so many signs there are so many like things that are teaching you um that I'm just going to point out for you. And that's all that coaching is really too. Um, it's like giving folks a different perspective and that's, yeah. Um, just navigating that, uh, for, for all of the folks, like you already named it, like, um, you're working with Asian leaders in particular. Right. And, um, similar to like, even my own experience, uh, cause I work particularly with black millennials. Um, uh, and I know that that comes with a plethora of like what that means, right. The cultural identity, the, the things, right? So for you, what is like the role that, you know, in your coaching practice, your identity plays in, um, in what you do, in how you lead um, your clients and so on and so forth? Yeah, you know, we can't ignore this, right? When we're always going to look for people who uh, can see the world through the eyes that we've seen it, right? Mm -hmm. And that can know what it's like to walk a mile in our skin, right? Because, you know, if someone said you know if i you know if I, in these coaching platforms right it's like russian roulette you just don't know who's going to sign up for you and it's kind of funny when it, like i've had some black people you know enlist my help mm -hmm. and you know they're like I, I need help with this like you know like black lives matter or something like that and they're just like maybe you know i can yeah. i can come alongside you as an ally yeah i'm happy to like share my overlapping experience as like uh you know as an overlooked minority and at the same time uh you know not that we want to simply be superficial, but at the same time, someone who looks like you may probably be able to better, like, really identify with your struggles. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it, it's very much, hey, you know what? We need to help our own. Uh, we need we need to help our own kind. You know, really equip them well. And the best, most most qualified people to do that are people who tend to look like us. And don't get me wrong, guys. Like, they're there's a lot of infighting. <laughs> there's, yeah. all, yeah. there's all sorts of infighting. Yeah. And, you know, from a culture that is very good at hierarchy, building hierarchy and rule followers. And, you know, it's, it kind of, it's kind of a different power dynamic shift when you have coaching, which just says, no, like, don't listen to us. You know, mm. we are, we don't wield influence because, oh, we're your coach. Therefore this title therefore gives us uh, weight. It is, what's the value you're getting out of this relationship, right? Not because we want to make this transactional, but we just say, hey, look, we have to look out for each other, right? At the end of the day, because uh, if we don't look out for each other, who will? Mm -hmm. um, you know, generosity is nice when we receive it, but it's, you know, 
like that's not a chance you want to take or something to lead the chance for this thing like articulate that yeah no and that's such a good point I, I feel like yeah it's like i have clients that are not black and like my thing is like if the message that i'm sharing right around career joy like resonates with you come on board man i like i'm more than happy and if we're a right fit 100 percent. but i think that the dynamics that exist um particularly that i've experienced as a black millennial in the corporate spaces that i've i've occupied um i can relate to that significantly more than um an asian man like i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do that as as well right there's like some over like you mentioned overlapping identities right are there some overlapping experiences but overall yeah I'm not Asian. I never will be. Uh, so, uh, so it's just like, it's, um, it is, it is, it is that balancing act, right. Of like, even from a coaching perspective, how do I be your ally and support you in a way? And I, and I even experienced this with um, some of my uh, black clients too, of like, how do I support you, encourage you and navigate this with you as well. But knowing that like your experience, your individualized experience is not even something that I've experienced. Like I have, some clients that are parents. I'm not a parent, right? But they're black, oh, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. it's really navigating and, and understanding that to a certain extent. And so um, no, I, I completely I completely hear you um, with that. Um, for you, um, what do you think the difference is? Like, what question am I trying to ask? What do you think the difference is for you? Um, Ah, there it is. There's the question. What do you think the difference is for you um, with like, you know, the visible, the vocal, the valuable, like the three V's, knowing this about that this is what you want to do, particularly for Asian leaders. Like, what has been the difference for you since pre-having that knowledge, pre-naming those things? Um, yeah, because I know the difference for me when I found my my niche, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you start to be more targeted in, in what you read and, and how you train, right? Mm. Like you start to figure out, okay, well, who, you know, who else is in the space and what kind of literature is out there? Uh, you start to get to know some of your better competitors even. Um, and that's not a bad thing, right? You need to know your territory. You need to know how to position yourself so that not that you're trying to undercut anyone's business, but you need to know how to say, what is my unique proposition, right? Because yeah, there's plenty. Even though what's funny is Chris is like, I only know like a handful of Asian coaches. And I'm like, no, there's plenty out there. Like, yeah. I, 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 you know, I have to compete again. I, there's a whole bench for one of the Asian leadership nonprofits I sit on. And it's just funny where I like, I haven't matched for several rounds. And so I'm like, well, clearly, I'm clearly there's something needs to change if I'm not getting referrals for people who I claim to serve. So mm. that's a that's a learning opportunity. Um, but yeah, you know, the, I think the difference is, well, you know, uh, well, a word that's come to mind lately is methodical. Like mm. I, I didn't think of that word initially when I was going through branding exercises, but that's exactly it. Like some of the biggest compliments I've gotten from uh, my current set of clients is that they're like, give us more frameworks. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we just I, I now pull from like five or six different books. And I'm just like, well, here, you know, here's a productivity framework and here's a left design framework. And here's, a, you know, here's a, here's a decision-making framework and here's a difficult conversations framework. And then they're just, they just, it's like you give them a playground to play in and they just, just go nuts. And you're just like, all right, where do you, where are you going with this? And they're like, I don't know, but I want to keep finding out. And they yeah. just do that. So um, I'd say that's the, probably the big, you know, in my approach, it's just, there's a lot of literary references and a lot of just tools. Like that's, that's the, gray area that coaches like to play in honestly because you know everyone says oh people are creative resourceful and whole here's the problem uh or here's you know not that i disagree with that because i do believe we are ultimately catalysts and not like heroes Mm -hmm. uh but you know how do you model success for someone who's never experienced it right Mm. and you know how do they experience success when they've never experienced it and so you're just like well you know just play around with this some more like you'll get the solution and it's like hmm like I, I won't give you the answer, right? But I may give you some ideas or some tools so that you can discover a new way of thinking if you had before. And you know, it's not I'm not necessarily going to use that in every session, but mm. um, I am going to, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what we do as coaches, right? Whether it's the, through the help of a resource or a tool or a framework or just doodling on a piece of paper, like um, I've learned that whiteboards are amazing. They're amazing, especially yep. when you can have them in person. Oh, like yeah, 
always come ready with some good markers and not dry ones. You know, mm-hmm. so just be ready for that. But yeah, I'd say I'd say that's the difference for me because I know there's other Asian coaches that take the look cute and you know a lot of different things are always have different markers in their sessions. Um, and that's okay. Just do you you just have to trust that the right people will find you, right? Like you said, like oh hey, I'm not black millennial, but I love your story. Does pain points resonate with me? Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna work with Jonathan. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and that's yeah, I think the the methodical piece, like that's the part that I like love too, because I've had a few conversations in the past week or so, and it's been fun to like hear I don't know the thought process and how folks land on it, right? Like even with the um visible, vocal and valuable, like your explanations around them, like, no, that took some time. Like I feel like sometimes folks think we get like these alliterations and it was like easy and it's like, it just flows so well. We like landed here and it's like, no, there's actually a story. It would, and I would imagine this and maybe we'll go here too of like mm-hmm. <laughs> each one of these has an individual story um, mm-hmm. from maybe something you witnessed or your own individual story. Right. We were talking offline about some stuff with your career and everything like that, but it's just like, you know, all of the values that I have joy, authenticity and community are like those things are important to me and each one of those have a value to me they're they're yeah. uh, there's a story behind each of those so that's my question yeah. now as i talk myself into it like <laughs> yeah. uh for Good you job. what is the <laughs> what is the well, obviously these sounds like well would you call it categorize these as values or would these just be your principles that you you coach on visible vocal and value yeah no i'm happy to tell you yeah, this was fun i haven't done this on a podcast before so i'll okay. tell the framework and how it's kind of basically evolved a little bit right I like because it. before um i i helped facilitate material for a framework i actually really like uh so for people in the pharmacy leadership space there's a non- leadership nonprofit that i help out with called pharmacy leadership and education institute plei.org and they have a great five-star framework around vision and integrity and grit and results through others and responsibility and um just to just to, for you guys on the visuals they have a I have this lovely light sensor that likes to think i'm you know fall asleep because i'm not doing enough motion so this is why i have to keep wake, waking it up so I promise <laughs> you everything's okay uh you know i'm actually at my day job and that's why there's this ladder behind me and so i guess we, we're just being real like, yeah it's all good we are we are in here. I'm not going to pretend to have some fancy Zoom background. Or, you know, nothing's picture perfect here because yep. this is just us being real. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, right. And they and it was a great framework. And I still and I'm just happy to you know, still share it when I'm under their platform. And at the same time, I said, okay, well, you know, if I had to design my own like leadership framework, what would I involve? And it looked mine looked more like a Venn diagram. And I said, okay, integrity is definitely in the overlap, right? And I said, okay, one circle is what's within me, and so things like vision and grit and responsibility and self-development and then i said okay the other part is you know beyond me so hey i need to develop others i need to uh communicate well and um resolve conflict and leave a legacy right so these are that was the original framework and i still can teach that you know people that if that resonates with people but uh yeah and eventually we realize it's a at one point, I niched down to difficult conversations. And so a lot of my old podcasts, I say, oh, I'm a conflict resolution coach for Asian American leaders. And I help them navigate, initiate and navigate difficult conversations. And that's still a central piece of this leadership framework now. Uh, because, yeah, that's kind of how it came about where you realize, okay, you know, if we're tired of getting passed over or someone's taking our credit or, you know, we're just going to not survive the next round of cuts because for some reason the people in charge don't appreciate what we do or they know who we are. Uh, then okay, how do we, how do we fix that? So uh, you see the like we saw there's a great framework uh, and formula for influence in the designing your life books where they say influence is a combination of uh, visibility and value add uh, mm-hmm. to the organization that you're serving, right? And so yeah, people need to know who you are, so you have to build up your network uh, and do it in a way that is authentic and curious and not. Uh, oh, secretly just self-protective, right? Mm. Like that's like a common, that's a common uh, trap that people fall into. They say, well, how, you know, I'm not really interested in talking to this guy. And, I'm, you know, and at the end of the day, I still have to make this ask of like trying to get a job. And it's like, well, if you're just looking to take, well, how, you know, that's your first you know, mistake, right? Yep. Instead of just asking for a story. If you're going to take anything, take the story. That's it. Uh, and so you say, okay, let's, so let's make you more visible. Okay. Now let's make you more valuable. All right. How do you how do you prove your track record? Do you show that 
the bosses can trust you with heavy lifting, right? Not to the point where you're like staying over every single night, right? And you're like working long hours because you're too afraid of losing your job, right? I'll give a quick personal example. At one point, uh, when I was a technician early on in my pharmacy career, you know, people just avoided the drive-through. My mom would say, "No, you have to take care of the drive-through. You have to do the undesirable tasks. You have to show. You can't complain about it, even if it's unfair." And then at some point, I just complained to my supervisor because I just said, you know, everyone seems to be taking advantage of the fact that they're like, oh, Jerry, I'll get the drive through again. And it's like, okay, no, like speak up. Right. And so it's kind of funny how this designing your life framework talked about being visible and valuable. And then I said, oh, I've been talking about being more vocal the entire time. And it's like, boom, there's the three V's. So, mm. they, you know, thank Betty Chan, right? Who's another <laughs> cohort friend. Oh, yeah. She had alliteration in hers. And I said, okay, I want alliteration in mine. And then so that. That's how they came together and pray that people don't steal it from me. Yeah. Uh, and that's another fun conversation. But um, yeah, but that's kind of how that evolution came about. So between, yeah, so between uh, my own, you know, doodling and experiences and then, you know, joining this cohort, which, you know, was, uh, it was not cheap. And, you know, I, I went through a couple lean months trying to be sure that I didn't get overdrawn on my bank account. Right. Yep, and yep. finally, kind of, I could finally exhale a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, that was one of the great parts of the evolution during our time together is that to say, oh, wow, hey, this framework, okay, I, I'm getting better. And yeah, guys, don't, don't be surprised. It's just, if there's any encouragement we give you for those of you who are starting out at this, you're not going to get it right the first time, yeah. right? Just, just accept the fact that you're going to struggle and that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. Uh, and the sooner you're willing to put that first draft on paper, the sooner you can let it evolve and eventually help you discover and iterate uh, what truly will work for you. And that's okay if it's a couple years down the road, because by then, hopefully enough, you have enough money in the bank to keep iterating. Yes. <laughs> if and, you pivot well. Yep. And the one thing I keep telling myself over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to help me do, yeah. right, instead of like continuously ideate, is progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good. I'm really. Uh, there's been a few things that I've like put out there into the world recently that I'm like, you know what, just needed to just get it out. And I feel fine about it. It's like the, um, I had a workshop on career joy and like my new niche and I'm d- created a definition and all that other stuff. Cause it doesn't exist anywhere else. And, uh, I'm just like really excited and launched it and, you know, had some people come to the workshop and it was great and folks were vibing with it, but like, it's not done. Like there's multiple, I looked at it and I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why is this even here? I immediately took some stuff out, changed some things up, but like, I would have never made those changes if I actually didn't put it on paper, if I actually didn't like go through with the idea the first time. And so like, you're exactly right, Jerry. It's like, put it on paper. It's not going to be perfect the first time. It rarely ever is. Um, And you will get to that point of where like, where like you feel like really good about it, like really really good about it, not perfection, just like the forward forward motion of of something uh, of something great, hopefully too. Um, so I, yeah, that's a fantastic point. Um, and I love how you even talked about like the iterations, right? Even the starting point where it started out as like this this other opportunity that you support at, where like that framework was just like starting to give you ideas and ideating and kind of like figuring out, oh, this is cool. This is now something that I want to do. What's going to be my framework? Oh, this is, this. it was like a whole process. And obviously that's not like six months, a year, whatever. It's just like, it's over time. It really is over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I'll say this, at least for me, again, is that like, I sometimes get caught up in the idea and com- start comparing myself to other people that like, they came up with this thing overnight. Like it was just, it was just it. And um, I have to remind myself of like, oh, like I didn't land on career joy in the last like three months. Uh, I landed on career joy in the last like 15 years because like that's my career journey. Like that's how I landed on career joy, you know? And so, um, and that's, I think that that's, it is the journey. It's not necessarily the moment. And the moments are a part of the journey. And I, I just, that's, that's that's it. I love that. Um, all right. So, Jerry, what would you say your values are then? If those are your if those are the core like frameworks of your 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 work, how are your val- What are your values? Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of strange. I. Uh, I thought, you know, 
there's a lot that again we test them right it's like mm. well you know you say these things and then how are you actually living your life um i do believe so my values are definitely health is definitely up there right mm. in terms of saying hey like eat right stay active um you know so uh yeah so health uh i'd say um adventure right mm. whether it's even if it's just trying a new ethnic restaurant and you're like, oh, Ethiopian food. Never had that before. And then, yeah. oh, I've never eaten with the injara and the spongy bread. Okay, yeah. that's new. <laughs> um, yep, done it twice. And uh, yeah, not a, not a regular occurrence for me. Yeah. But I'll go with enough friends, right, to make yep. it a, a, a shared experience. Um, so yeah, so health, adventure, um, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, creativity, which is ironic for me because... Um, I wasn't, I thought that I, creativity got drummed out of me when I stopped playing with Legos, right? The school system just kind of like drums it out of you. Just like, follow these rules and you yep. will get, you know, you will survive. And then you're like, oh, how do I paint? Like, I don't even know how to paint anymore, right? Mm. Um, with, or watercolors, like, at least let me color inside the lines or something. Give me some structure, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And, you know, so because some people will say like community, you know, uh, and, and that's another one. So yeah, I'd say something around, yeah, health, adventure, and um, yeah, self-improvement is definitely a big one, uh, I'd say. So yeah, three of those. I, we'll start with that. And again, I may, I may polish that like as soon as we hop off this yeah. call. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think if I, if I had to look at my life now and the things that, you know, really uh, mean a lot to me, yeah, those things. Because, yeah, like I look at like cooking, right? And I didn't get into cooking until I had to, I finally moved out of the house and my mom couldn't compensate for my laziness anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then when you start to get in a network of cooks, it's beautiful because now you're just sharing ideas. Mm -hmm. and, like cooking is meant to be generous. Like cooking for one is a terrible concept. Mm. Um, so when you actually cook enough to share with friends and hopefully they enjoy it as much as you do, uh, you know, it's just a, another community that is creative and active and, um and generous so uh yeah i think something along those lines uh, i'd like i think generosity is supposed to be one of them yeah. but i won't <laughs> deny when i've been lazy i've been a lazy selfish jerk so i have to yeah. be careful that i don't say that when I'm yeah donating you know more of my time yeah don't i mean don't aren't we all though lazy? yeah like so selfish or whatever so i i know i get it um no i i i resonate i think sometimes folks get caught up with like uh the idea of values and when you and oftentimes i'll ask my clients like all right what is what are your values and they'll be like that's a great question <laughs> um yeah. and like even myself i didn't really know what my values were until like last year um and i talked a lot about and i was already coaching right i already had a business coach and i was like wait a minute what are, what are my values right um and again it's like you got to think about and i love the pathway you were taking too of like what it what's like important to me what am i what do i like to do what's what am i passionate about and um and like that's one way a very simple way to, to land on those and like how i landed even on joy authenticity and community was like community has been in, instilled in my in me from my mom and my mom my grandma of just you know Good. anybody that comes to the home like all right you in now right um, unless you prove otherwise right but like just caring for people having a big heart loving on folks and then authenticity has slowly become one of the things that I'm I love about it too because I get to show up as myself as much as I want like it, it's my choice it's like there's a level of yeah. autonomy and purpose and intentionality um but also just like free liberative liberation that comes with like authenticity and then joy I just love to smile um and it and joy doesn't always have to be like a smile so um no I I really really do love that so um Jerry, I've kept you long enough, but before I let, uh, before we part ways, I would love to sure. hear, you know, what are you, you know, Jerry Fu, what are you excited to share with the world? What are you excited to put out into the world? What are you excited about right now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, I'm hoping this isn't because of what Carissa's challenged me lately and in our last coaching call, but I mean, I am excited to to put this out there, I'll let me practice what, you know, we've all been preaching. Hey, there's a premium coaching package around these three values that I'm excited to share. And I'm saying this not because I'm trying to upsell anyone or secretly put strings attached or anything like that, but 
We just we just like making people aware of our products, and we're not, you know, the one thing I learned from Carissa was to say, look, if they're not interested, don't share it, and it's okay. And so we're mm-hmm. just going to say, hey, we're just going to put this on the table. If you don't want it, okay, well, <laughs> we'll put it away. It's cool. Yep. But yeah, just it's a five month package where we really dig deep, right? And I share all the resources that led to this whole thing, so that you can get an inside look as to how to really, you know, mine this for yourself to increase your visibility, you know, work out your phrasing so that when you have to speak up during a meeting or, you know, people are saying things that you disagree with, that you actually have the courage and the articulation to say what you need to say and say what you mean and make sure that it lands properly, right? Uh, And that, yeah, you say, hey, you know what, I matter. Um, And, you know, yeah, if you don't appreciate that or or if you disagree with it, that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I can say that, right? I'm not going to... I'm not going to keep chasing validation uh, just because like, I don't have that blameless reputation anymore because blameless, if, if you have a blameless reputation through avoidance, um, you know, that will not serve you long, long term. So I am excited for that. I'm excited. The fact that, you know, I had a book, you know, I contributed a, a chapter to a book that got published by Wiley earlier this year. Right. Nice. I'm happy to share that as well. And just, yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of like the side door into becoming a published author. And I make no apologies for that. <laughs> I'm like, no, writing a book is hard. But yeah, I'd say those are, those are the things uh, I'm excited about. Um, and just continuing to, to network and meet fun people like you and, and other, and other people that understand, Hey guys, yeah, this, this self-improvement journey is in its way, its own iteration. And we understand we don't want to be like the Sisyphus, you know, rolling the stone up every single time. It's like, what, you know, what kind of treadmill did we actually get on? Uh, but to, like you said, like, hey, it's about the journey uh, mm. because it will never end until that, that day we're, we're called home. And yep. that's okay. Yep. No, I love that. Thanks so much, Jay. Um, absolutely. Uh, I love that. Like, I felt the excitement as you like broke that down and shared. And yeah, I think that folks that listen and this message resonates with you. I think that this, trust me, it'll, it'll be very, very worth it to spend, you know, five months with Jay, like truly. <laughs> uh, but Jay, thank you so much for coming through. I really do appreciate it. Um, where can folks find you? Where are you most active? I'll obviously be sure to share this in the show notes, but would love for you to um, let folks know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the main two ways, uh, if you want to connect on social media, LinkedIn is the way to go. Uh, you know, I, it's just an easy connection. And we're starting to get into hosting more LinkedIn lives. And you and I are actually doing one uh, in, in about Pretty a soon. month or so. So that'll yep. be fun. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, otherwise, all the good stuff happens at my website, which is www.adaptingleaders.com. Dot com. There's even a free guide on a framework if you are conflict diverse like I am to initiate and navigate difficult conversations. That's adaptingleaders.com forward slash guides, G-U-I-D-E. That's free. And hey, I'll even give you a heads up. You're going to get some marketing copy after you sign up for it. And if you unsubscribe, it's okay. Like <laughs> You're just like, Jerry, just give me the guide. I don't need to hear from you again. Hey, you know what? Be blessed, right? Yeah. Uh, I just hope that it pays dividends for you uh, to enjoy it and apply it. So. Uh, yeah, check out the website. You can schedule a complimentary 30-minute coaching call. Check out the free blog. Uh, there's all sorts of fun resources there. But yeah, adaptingleaders.com. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jerry. I'll be sure to link all of those things in the show notes, y'all. Um, Jerry, awesome. Have a wonderful rest of the day, my friend. Thank you. You too, Jonathan. <laughs>